This is episode 349. Break free from your toxic past with Aurora. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. So today's episode is a great example of when we kind of get stuck in our story. And by our story, I mean stuck in kind of the events of our past, even though we've done tons and tons of work. If you've done a lot of work, a lot of processing, a lot of trauma work, a lot of emotional release, and you're still retelling the story, you're still trying to figure things out, it's time for an energetic shift, right? It's time to go, okay, I've done a lot of processing. I've done trauma work. I understand why I am the way I am. How can I relate to this differently? How can I work through this differently? This will make more sense after you listen to my coaching with Aurora. Aurora has an incredible past that she's had to overcome. She's been through a lot of challenges and she's really at a point where she wants to feel enough and she wants her life to change. But as you'll hear, she's still kind of committed to the story. So as you're listening to the show, consider, have you had a toxic or unhealthy relationship to your past that you've had trouble breaking free from? Do you kind of get stuck in the same story over and over and over again? Do you struggle with feeling not enough? And finally, do you have trouble stepping into your power? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Aurora. Aurora, welcome to the show. What's your question? Well, first of all, I wanted to say that I'm really grateful to be here, mm. listen to your show, and it's helped me immensely. And I love the values that you use. Thank you. Today, I would like to speak about something that's multi-layered. It starts off with me ending my relationship with my ex-husband. I had to draw a boundary of, okay, this relationship is not going to work. And in that, he's called me selfish for the fact that it feels as though when I got what I wanted, I ended the relationship, which is not necessarily the case. Mm. But that does make me question any subconscious patterns I might have in that vein what do you think those subconscious patterns could be? I've done some work on this and I know that I've been extremely judged my entire life. My older sister has always been incredibly jealous of me and she's traumatized me to a point where my inner child expects pain mm. when I express my authentic self and I've attracted that pattern in every experience in my life, I grew up in an extremely toxic dance environment where my teacher was body shaming and creating toxic competition amongst the girls and the parents were really toxic and judgmental. I was bullied in school. My home environment wasn't great. Both my parents exhibit extreme narcissistic tendencies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this feeling of not enoughness and this survival tactic of 
not being able to acquire what I need in a healthy way. Mm. And whenever I try to create something or birth something, ground something into my life, I always get knocked back down and I have to start back at zero. I go through this cycle of building myself up and feeling like I'm getting to a good place. And then all of a sudden, some situation, whatever it is, knocks me back down and I have to start over. Okay. Okay. Well, I hear you. Thank you for sharing all of this. If there is a question in all of this, what is the question? How do I free myself from not feeling enough as I am and being able to enjoy my life authentically and manifest and create abundantly and express myself freely? Mm -hmm. Well, how much trauma work have you done? I recently went through a four-week intensive Mm. um, treatment, six hours a day, five days a week. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And in that process was when I actually separated from my husband. It Mm -hmm. was in week three that this event happened, Mm -hmm. and it felt like divine intervention because it was an on and off relationship. How long were you together? About 22 months. Okay. And in the trauma work that you did, what have you noticed have shifted since then? The biggest thing is a sense of being in my body more. Mm-hmm. And because I was doing a lot of somatic work. Yes. Being able to handle fluctuations when I go into dysregulation a lot better. Mm -hmm. Feel that overall after going through the energetics of the breakup, I now feel a lot more at peace. Mm -hmm. So I want you to do something for me. How are you sitting right now? I'm sitting cross-legged. Okay. I want you to put your feet on the floor. I want you to sit up nice and straight. Really elongate your spine and roll your shoulders back. Tilt your head up a little bit so your throat is open. And I want you to tell me what you're really proud of yourself for, especially in all the work that you've done. What are you really proud of yourself for? I'm really proud of myself for continuing to stay curious Mm -hmm. about myself and learning about myself in a way that is as honest and vulnerable as I can be. Mm -hmm. Good. What else? Take a breath in between each one. And I want you to see if you can speak a little bit more from your belly. Okay. Not so much from your head and your throat. Okay. I'm proud of myself for being the one in my family to do the generational trauma healing work Mm -hmm. needed. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of myself for leaving the relationship and seeing just how toxic it was. Mm -hmm. And how repetitive it was of your past. He was familiar. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of myself for coming back to my inner child, Mm. even though it feels really scary Mm -hmm. because my inner child looks like 
this dragon that's been tortured mm-hmm. and scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll speak to that in a second, but I just want you to tell me, how are you feeling in your body right now? There is a warmth in my solar plexus. Mm-hmm. And that brings up something that I forgot to mention is something that I'm really quite uh, wanting to also figure out is how to take my power back from all the judgment and all the jealousy and all the need for validation stemming from. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm having you do what you're doing. So energetically, you know, when I tune into you and you were talking before, there's a very collapsed energetic that you fall into, which is normal given all the trauma you've been through and given everything. So that's why I had you sit up and really open your body position. Cause when we're in an open bodied position, it basically tells our nervous system and our subconscious mind that we're safe. Anytime we're hunched over cross-legged, protecting our heart, protecting our solar plexus, protecting our root chakra, it's communicating to our subconscious mind and our body that mm, we may not be safe. We have got to protect the vital organs kind of thing. So by you sitting up and straight and opening your throat and speaking things that you're proud of, that's how you step more into your power. Because when we say step into our power, what we're really saying is stepping into our truth. And all those things that you said about being a generational pattern breaker and having the courage to leave your marriage and going and connecting with your inner child, even though it felt scary, that's all power. That's all being empowered. And so there's, there's a habit of feeling collapsed because it's one of the ways you had to protect yourself. Right. And that's where all that kind of extreme behavior that happened when you had that argument with your husband came out because it's been, you've been so suppressed for so long, for so long is like you were a lion in a cage and someone opened the door and you just went, you just went crazy because not that you legitimately went crazy, but that's the kind of feeling of just this out of control kind of feeling because there's just so much you've had to suppress so much rage, so much shame, so much sadness, all of those kinds of things. So that feeling of feeling disempowered, you know, came from just a whole lifetime of feeling collapsed and of not getting your needs met. I mean, it's very hard for parents that have narcissism or narcissistic, narcissistic tendencies to meet their children's needs. Because when we have narcissistic tendencies, we don't have empathy. And in order to really anticipate a child's needs, you need to have empathy. So you had like no, no experience developmentally in terms of how to meet your needs. And so you're learning how to do that right now. So that's another way that you start to feel empowered is start to think about, okay, what do I really need? Let me get out of my head. Let me tune in and let me feel like feel into what I need in this moment. Do I need a hug? Do I need a bath? Do I need to call someone up and say, Hey, I just need to vent. Can you listen? Do I need to set a boundary with someone? Do I need to cry? Do I need to journal? And you being able to ask, okay, what do I need? And give yourself those needs. That's going to give you a sense of empowerment because children feel empowered when they ask for a need and it gets met. Does that make sense? Yes. And that's also where I have challenges of doing the thing that 
doesn't serve me. I have that protective part that just sure. is like, you should just stay up until five in the morning, or you should just eat a whole bag of hot Cheetos, even though it's really bad for you. Like, yeah. Watch TV for 10 hours. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and that is almost the best way you knew how to parent yourself. Yeah. Because it's just sort of like those quick fixes in terms of how to soothe. And so when that comes up, you can go, okay, I know that that's really the impulse, but what's the feeling underneath that I want? Like, what do I think the hot Cheetos are going to bring me? Right. You know, what do I think staying up super late is going to do for me? Cause it's always the feeling we're chasing always. So when you think hot Cheetos is like, well, how do I really want to feel? I want to feel satisfied. I want to feel satiated. I want to feel soothed, whatever it may be. Okay. How else can I do that? And so this is less of figuring out why process and more of a going and, and this circles into your first question around not enoughness more into going, okay, given my life and my developmental trauma, this is what I'm working with. This is where I am. I have a little bit of a collapse pattern. I fall into feeling worthless quite a bit. I'm not so great at knowing my needs and getting them met. Okay, let's just take those three things. And again, we don't have to figure out why or figure out how or any of those kinds of things. It's more about how do I love and accept that that's the truth of where I am? How do I have compassion and sort of normalize this for myself, given this was my developmental trauma? And how do I kind of work with what I got, which is a much different approach than how do I figure it out and fix it? How do I figure it out and fix it is a very mental, logical approach that comes from the orientation that something's wrong with me. This is, this is my developmental trauma. This is where I am. How do I be with myself is a much different entry point. Can you feel the difference? Yes. And can you feel like you've kind of been in the fix it? A hundred percent. And I, that's another challenge that I have because of my dance environment, just that toxic perfectionist attitude where it's like, if I do anything wrong, my teacher would say something like, what, you're too fat to jump higher. Like that's her normal way of speaking. All right. And how much longer do you want to give that teacher so much power? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. So then what I would suggest you do Uh is an empty chair process with that little ballerina or dancer inside of you, set up two chairs and talk to that part of you and tell her how beautiful she is. Tell her that dance is so much about how it feels than how you look. Tell her that that teacher was just buying into a narrative of, of something and imposing that on you and really start to take your power back. It's like every time you go down that thought train or every time you have that kind of body stuff or whatever come up, say, I choose to take my power back from and name the person. Because when we think of that teacher, do you want her life? Is she someone you look up to, respect, go, oh man, this is someone that has so much spiritual maturity. She's so awakened. (laughs) Right? Yes. So, you know, if someone drunk and belligerent just shouted something at you, would you take it seriously? No. Exactly. Why? Just because I don't allow that person's perspective to affect me. Right. It's their perspective and it's their projection of whatever is going on. Right. 
So I want you to see your dance teacher as a drunk, belligerent college student who's come out of a bar and starts yelling crazy stuff at you. <laughs> okay. Seriously. That helps. I'm yeah. laughing because it helps because yeah. it's funny to envision it that way. Yeah. But if we, if we really look at it, that's what it is. Everything she was saying was not true. Now, as a child and an adolescent, because we buy into hierarchy and we buy into authority figures, it felt yeah. true because she was your teacher and because dance was important to you. But now as an adult, you can look back and go, oh my gosh, this is just a drunk belligerent person who doesn't know what they're talking about. And I yeah. forgive myself. This is where the forgiveness comes in. I forgive myself to buying into any misunderstandings that she put on me. I take my power back. My body is mine. Because you've given a piece of your body to her yeah. with all the power you've given her. And again, I'm not minimizing it. I also know you came out of you know a pretty intense somatic program. You've done the work. And so I'm here kind of lifting you up, like metaphorically and physically, opening your body, strengthening your spine, opening your heart, opening your throat, and kind of going, Aurora, like this is how you take your power back. You start to see things a little differently. Now, if you hadn't done some trauma work, if you hadn't done somatic work, my coaching may be more to, to feel a lot of that stuff, but I feel like you've, you've done that. And now you're in the place of your path where it's about meeting your needs. It's like, yes. I have a need. How do I meet it? I have a need to shift how I'm thinking about my dance teacher. Okay. How do I do that? I have a need to learn ways to soothe myself without staying up all night or eating hot Cheetos. By the way, now all I want is hot Cheetos. You should not say that to a pregnant person. <laughs> um, and see if you can also have some lightness. Again, you've been through hell and back. I'm not minimizing anything, but there's also a comfort zone with suffering that you have and you have a yeah. super high shit tolerance. Oh Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, I'm kind of pulling you into, all right, like I'm taking the reins. I'm taking the reins. I'm no longer in my parents' house. I'm no longer going to dance class. I'm no longer with my ex-husband. I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, how do I be in charge of my thoughts and the way I react to things by taking care of my needs and by healing this lifelong wound of needs not being met. Because the more and more you do that, the more the not-enoughness is going to go away and the more empowered you're going to feel. Mm -hmm. So how's this landing for you? Oh, it feels great. It feels really good. Yeah. I have two more things that I want to ask you about. So I've been working with this moment in time that I, I guess I haven't been able to release from my body and I don't know why. But it's basically another like giving my power away moment where I wanted to leave my dance studio in 10th grade because I started to become aware of how toxic it was. And mm -hmm. I wanted to do, I wanted to thrive as a dancer. And my teacher had a meeting with me and manipulated me into believing that I wouldn't get into college if I had left. And that spiraled me down this path of of life where I feel, have felt, and I've worked through a lot of regret over that choice point. And it feels like it's still in me. And 
So let me ask you this. What's the payoff to holding on to that regret and that anger and that judgment that she manipulated you? What do you get from that? I feel that the payoff is not having to take responsibility for my part. Mm. Okay. Not leaving. Other than that, I'm like, I hate that I still regret it. Mm. Because it's holding me back from being present and moving forward and feeling like I'm grateful for where I am now because. Well, it's not holding you back. What you're making it mean is holding you back. Okay. The event itself isn't. You staying and dance a little longer, leading to whatever college you went to or didn't go to, that's not holding you back at all. You are where you are. And that event from 10th grade isn't holding you back. What you make it mean is the fact that you're still holding on to resentment is, talk about toxic. Resentment and regret, totally toxic. And they take up a lot of energy. So to me, you know, it's, it's always convenient for us. And I raise my hand to this too. So I'm not picking on you on this one. It's convenient for us to have excuses for why yeah. our life doesn't look the way we want it to look. Yeah. And it's convenient for us to have scapegoats. Mm-hmm. And this eventually is going to come down to a choice point of, again, how much power do I want to give that situation? Here's this teacher who's the belligerent drunk college kid, once again, holding you back. She might not even be live anymore. Who knows? But look yeah, at the impact she continues to have on your life. Yes, yes. And I've done so much work on trying to let this go and realizing all of these realizations and trying to shift my perspective on what I make this mean. But somehow it always comes back to that. I always, there, it's still there for some reason. That's why I'm struggling because I've done so much work around trying to see it, trying to release it. And it's just like, keeps well, coming back. And I don't Why know did it because- have to happen that way? Like for your soul curriculum, why did it have to happen that way? What was the blessing in it? <sighs> I don't know. Well, once you figure that out, you'll be able to let it go. <laughs> I feel like I've done this in the past, but I forgot what it was. Well, then it must Um, not have been that impactful. (laughs) Let me ask you this. What did Uh being a dance, even though it was a toxic environment, what did it save you from? What did that time and dance keep you from doing otherwise? Well, I was going to switch over to a studio that was even more intensive Mm -hmm. in the hours. And I was also going to an academically rigorous school. So at that time, a part of me was feeling as though I didn't want to do that because it was too intense for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So were you really manipulated or was it actually what you might have wanted? Again, think subconscious level. Think 10th grade, 16-year-old girl not feeling like she can ask for what she needs. Like, were you really manipulated or was there a part of you that felt it was better to stay with the devil you know than the devil you don't? A part of me did feel like it was better to just not leave. Mm-hmm. It was yep. easier. Yep. It was easy. Yep. So this is the responsibility part. If you want to shift this, 
take responsibility and go, okay, I've been hanging on to a story that she manipulated me, but maybe I was actually open to that because it felt easier to stay because it was familiar, which is very, very common in toxic traumatic environments. Mm -hmm. It's hard to shift out of them because again, it's like, well, at least I know this. Yeah. So once again, you will free yourself when you choose to hold it differently inside of you. Yeah. And I feel like this has also really impacted or been a part of my feeling of not being able to trust my intuition because what led me to audition for another studio was that voice of intuition saying, this place is not healthy for you. You need to get out of here. And when I didn't leave that studio, I actually sprained my ankles my senior year of college. That has, and I've attracted a lot of injuries since then. And I felt like those were messages that I had stayed in a place that was extremely toxic for me. Yeah. That I. What I want to point out to you is we kind of land on something and it yeah. resonates. And then you're like, but what about this? But then this, but then this. So with, with love, I'm (laughs) showing you that there's such a strong part of you that keeps wanting to be broken, that keeps wanting to talk about the issues, that keeps wanting to have the story, ask another question instead of going, Mm -hmm. okay, whoa, I see that. Great. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to try that out. And I'm not going to worry about this huge list of other things because it's like, that's the pattern. You kind of get an aha. And then it's like, but then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. And if I were you, I'd be completely overwhelmed. It's like never ending. So my coaching to you is listen to this episode when it airs. Okay. Try on the things we're talking about. Just, just those, like put the whole laundry list of other things aside, because maybe you've heard me give the metaphor of a tangled necklace. It's like we can pick at it for hours, but then we get one major knot and the whole thing really unravels in a good way. And if you keep, you know, this and this and this and this, and then there's this and this and this, it's like you're not going to be able to see if anything works. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. So here's what I want to say to you, Aurora, like you've got to believe that you can heal. And can Mm -hmm. transform and can shift out of this. That's going to be super important for you. Super important. And again, you're not doing anything wrong. I understand wanting to ask a lot of questions and bring a lot up and all of that. I totally, totally get it. And you've had a life where you haven't had people really hear you. And I get that. But I also don't want to continue to indulge you in your story. Because guess what? Like... You're out. You made it out. Yes. Thank you for that. I needed to hear that. I feel <laughs> yeah. that, that really resonates with the pattern of whenever I find something that elevates my frequency, there's this expectation of pain. And I bring right. that in myself now. Right. Right. So just take a deep breath. <sighs> yeah. Good. And what's one thing you need 
that you could do after we hang up? One thing that I need is to drink some water. Perfect. Period. End of story. Great. So you go drink some water and you take a few deep breaths and you do that open-chested acknowledgement for how you showed up on this call and you feel proud of yourself. And that's it. That's a success. So thank you to Aurora for letting me be a little forward with her, (laughs) letting me not indulge in her story too much. No, it's not that I didn't have compassion for her and it's not that she hasn't been to hell and back in so many ways, but you could hear in the show, we'd get somewhere, she'd have an aha and then it was like, and then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this. And what the mind is doing is it's not letting the information integrate. It's it's not letting the new tools integrate. There's a resistance to wanting to change because we all have a comfort zone with our suffering. And as much as we say we want to change, do we? (laughs) Or do we kind of want to hold on to some of it because there's a comfort zone with it? Like I said, sometimes the devil we know is better than the one that we don't. So I lovingly pointed that out to her that, okay, we we hit something and you're like, okay, that really helps. And then it's like, but what about this? What about this? And if we keep stacking one thing after another, after another, we never give our, our subconscious, our body, our nervous system, a chance to integrate the changes that we're making. And when we've had a lot happen to us and a lot happen in our life. If we try to just tackle it all at once and think that we have to talk about and know and solve every little thing, it's going to feel so freaking overwhelming. So that's why I just emphasized to her, let's just start with first open body position, feeling more in your power, speaking more from your belly, because that communicates to your nervous system that you're safe. The more we're in that open body position, really asking, you know, what do I need and how do I meet those needs? Just those two things. If she just did that, that would be plenty. And if she wanted to add to it, really reframing things that she, not even reframing, but seeing the deeper truth, things that she has regret over, like that instance with the dance teacher. She's staying in the victim mentality of she manipulated me and I have regret over that. But then when we dug a little deeper, she actually didn't want to go to the new school. So was she really manipulated or energetically and subconsciously, was she a co-creator in that outcome? My bet is co-creator in that outcome. Taking responsibility is huge in our healing. Now, responsibility is not the same thing as blaming ourselves. It's not at all. You can take responsibility for things you wish you would have done differently without blaming yourself. So that would be another invitation to Aurora is really let's take responsibility and get you out of victim because victim is not an empowering place to be. Responsibility is. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you, so please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.